Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Glad to be with y'all today. It is the day after the debate. And I do want to talk about that a little bit, but we do have our guest in the studio. Get him once a month in here, Mayor President Josh Guillory. Afternoon. How are you? What you know, Joe? I don't know much. That's why I watch no. debates, uh, mostly to to mostly to see what other people think and then how much I disagree with them. And that kind of points me in the true in, in, in my true north. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot ha- that happened last night. And I know you're in the middle of a campaign season. You can't always just devote like two, three hours to watching other people argue on stage. But I listen to the Joe Cunningham show. Well, thank you. All my all my info condensed. What I need to know right there. How's yes, that? that's I'm. I thank God I'm recording that. I'm putting that as a promo immediately. Yeah. Can we but, fit the thirty second Mario. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but I do want to ask you, uh, without diving too much into the campaign, the actual idea of a debate itself. How does a politician prepare to go into a debate? Because you're not only, you know, thinking of your talking points, everything. You're having to predict what the other people are going to do. So, how what does preparation look like in that regard? Yeah, well, I think it depends on the level. You know, at the local level, we do a lot of forums. So I don't know if it's technically a debate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can bring your you can bring your points out and you kind of listen. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I like to process what the other folks are saying and, yeah. and see if it makes sense to rebut. Sometimes you just let it lie. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, if they're talking, if they're blatantly just not saying factual information, sometimes uh, it's just better to let them lay out there in the twilight zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, on the state level, on the federal level, of course, course i've never been at that level and i'm so i'm i'm just like you i'm observing mm-hmm. you know it's definitely more of a traditional debate i did see clips from last night and you and i were talking offline i think that that preparation is probably a lot more scripted yeah. a lot more scripted this these are the point you know they probably have polling i would imagine you well, i know they do research polling showing these are the issues that are pertinent to this particular o- o- audience let me make sure i nail those yeah whereas here at the local level it's 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 so raw. So you're it's not so, having mock forums like no, some of these candidates are. I'm not. I, well, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't have time to do it. And 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 I'm again speaking for myself. Everybody handles things differently. But I'm the incumbent, and we're in emergency right now. I mean, this this That's, is a drought. You that know? was going to be my next question. Is not only are you busy with the campaigning, yeah. but you're sitting there actually putting out these emergency declarations because we're in day however many yeah. of triple digit weather. It, it's it's crazy. And on that note, if you're listening, look, guys, team effort here. There's no moratorium. We don't have a water shortage, but we do have a water pressure issue. So, look, if you can, we are strongly requesting with a big smile, please don't water your garden or lawns at this time. Don't wash your car. Don't fill in your pools. If you have to use the water, by all means, mm-hmm. use the water. We do not have a shortage. I don't want to instill panic. Right. Um, and, you know, these emergency declarations, I've always – my personal take in it should be last resort. So our governor issued one, I think, last week. That was yeah. great. You know, it's good. He has it's his prerogative. Um, but we felt as of yesterday it was time, and uh, we need to take a little bit more measures, and we're working parish-wide with the other systems. But that being said, back to politics and that answer, or that question, um, you know, I, I work a normal week, week uh, probably 60, 70 hours a week. It's, yeah. it's pretty intense, but I love it. I don't really consider it work. So you take a situation right now where I'm going to have to go b- bounce around all over the parish on top of what we normally do. Right. Man, just the idea of fitting in debate, debate prep, which <laughs> it's not even on the radar, you know. Yeah. So I just show up and, and do, the, do the best I can. <laughs> I understand. So uh, on the emergency declaration, uh, like you said, and, and I made sure to note it in our story as well, uh, 
that you were asking for folks to conserve water. You're, you're requesting it. You're not saying we're, we're not under a, a, a water advisory. We're not telling you to do anything. But just what's the process as far as local government, local utilities trying to make sure that, one, we are conserving, and, two, how do we make the best use of that water? Like I saw that the, uh, the dog park, the, the water was cut off there. What are some of the steps that y'all have to take in order to uh, ensure that we don't hit a critical water shortage? The first step is what we're doing now, making a plea to the public. And I'll tell you, in in the four years I've been in office, this is not the first time we've had a utilities uh, quasi emergency. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is an emergency, but uh, we've had an electric uh, uh, close to declaring emergency with the electric charge during the freeze. We were able, when we made a plea out to the public, and the public responded very favorably. Mm -hmm. Just in the one day that we've made these requests, our PSIs have gone up. So, awesome. it, so thank That's you to awesome. the general. Yeah, it, like kudos Lafayette Parish, kudos our residents. I mean, like we re- genuinely really appreciate that. But our engineers uh, are really doing it, and, and I say our uh, collectively, not just at Lafayette Utility System, but the all the water districts in our parish. We're working together. Our engineers are working better to uh, to commingle the water. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't do that normally. That's not the typical protocol. But yeah. uh, Youngsville was experiencing some extreme uh, low uh, PSI. The water pressure was very low. It was almost to, to a boil alert. Uh, Mayor Ritter did a great job. Called me. Uh, we worked pretty late a couple couple of nights there. Um, but but we got it done. And um, and the, again, the the water districts, water systems are yeah. uh, worked together. They were able to do some. Engineering, uh, I'm not going to say magic because I think the engineers would get offended by that, but let's just call it science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust the science. Trust That's what the we've science. been told. Trust the science. Well, yeah, I trust the science. I trust that science. And, That's a formula. And I know that it can also be a uh, also be a problem because, like in Karen Crow, where I live, they're yeah. working on the water system there right <laughs> now. So it's yeah. it, it's an even uh, even bigger quagmire when you think of the possibilities there. So yeah. I'm glad to see that y'all are taking these steps, and I hope that, you know, like you said, the PSI is going up. It looks like people are taking it seriously, so kudos to Lafayette for doing that. Yes. Uh, Those poor guys in Beauregard, guys. Keep, keep, them, in your, keep them in your prayers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, but also, locally, uh, notice the other day, there are some scorch marks in the median, like going on I-49. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's, like, some people don't realize, hey, if you've got a truck and you've got a chain, like, for your trailer hitch or whatever— those sparks can cause those fires, especially in these dry conditions. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, just a li- speaking of which, we do have a burn ban now. That's a statewide burn ban. Yeah. But uh, our fire chief has been pretty adamant to remind everybody that. But but things like you're saying, Joe, look, on, you're, you're hitching a boat, okay? Mm-hmm. Make sure that chain doesn't doesn't ride yeah. on the ground because just the smallest little spark in these conditions, and it's windy, Yeah. it could really, it, I mean, it literally could start a wildfire. So. I mean, I, I wanted to grill this past weekend, but yeah. I, I didn't, I decided not to because I didn't want to risk it. But yeah, just those little things, like the, the little sparks from your chain just running along the, the, the asphalt as you're going down the highway, that, that can be all it takes. So, I mean, but, that's a sacrifice right there. So you didn't grill because- I of, did not. I wanted this to do was some the burgers. Reason. Yeah. I was trying to be a responsible citizen, and I didn't grill burgers. And I love wood-fired burgers and wood-fired steaks. So, anyway, let's go ahead and take a break. When we get back, I do want to dive into the debate a little bit. I've got some clips. I want to discuss that a little bit. Mayor President Josh Guillory lending his political expertise to that as well. Uh, Here on the Joe Cunningham Show, we will take the break, and we will be back in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. 
Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number. Reach out through the KPL app chat. Uh, Mayor President Josh Guillory in with us today. Went to break a little bit earlier because I want to spend a lot of time talking about last night's debate uh, because there is a lot to cover. I've kind of been talking about it all week, just kind of leading up to it, but there is so much to really go over here. So I want to jump in. The Some of the most notable moments of the night came – the past two days I've been mentioning, I, I, I expected everybody to be gunning for Ron DeSantis. He's going to be the, the top-ranked guy on the stage. And I was surprised when they left him alone and went after Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that kind of indicates, one, what they're seeing in their internal polling. But two, I also think it shows there's – because they can attack him over positions and everything like that, and that's just part of the game – but it's the way some of them went after him. He very clearly gets under their skin. There's more annoyance with him than just political gamesmanship here. Like, so Chris Christie, who, whether you love him or hate him, he's always entertaining at a debate because he knows how to go after somebody. So here is Chris Christie at the debate. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like Chat GPT standing up here. And. The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur. And so that actually that that got him some cheers. Now, uh, Vivek did push back and say, well, come hug me like you hugged Obama talking about the post hurricanes, the superstorm stuff. But I mean, he had us. He, he had Chris Christie had a solid blow there. Uh Nikki Haley also had a solid blow against uh, Vivek as well. Let me try to find that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of scattered on where all of my clips. Here we go. Here is Nikki Haley. Stage, You've been pushing this lie what? all week, Nikki. You want Nikki. to go and defund Israel? Just, you want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Go give you I'm going to address Russia? each of those right now. You this is the false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. Your so you the reality make America is, less safe. you have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the foreign policy experience that you have. There you go. I mean, just a lot of people. Mike Pence went after him as well. So uh, a, there's there's some folks saying, "Well, this guy has no experience. There's he, he he doesn't know what he's doing. That sort of thing." And and to be fair, you don't need experience to to jump into politics. I mean, that's what's great about the system. You can have no previous experience at any level from student council on up to president of the United States. You can absolutely go in with zero experience and you get a fair shot at it. But his positions, he's kind of flip flopped on some things, uh, his foreign policy uh, positions in particular those really seem to be kind of driving some people crazy in the Republican Party. Uh, now, Josh, you're a Republican. The, the Republican Party platform means something to you. What do you think just in general about some of these candidates from what you've seen and what you've heard? Well, let me say this, though. First, you, you bring a good point. You don't have to have any political experience. I mean, our previous president was never elected. Right. You know? So I think there's a, there's pros and cons. Obviously, the pro is that rawness, that genuine, you know, just just straight off the street, get your street creds. You yeah. know, I'm I'm one of you. The 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 downside is you're extremely vulnerable when you start opining on things that are that 
you need to be cautious on your words sometimes because yeah. you're not because you want to be perfect, but because you're communicating to the masses on a very on very important topics. So you can't just will and ill. You have to be. I've learned the hard way. You got to. And I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm I'm blessed to lead two hundred fifty thousand people, not three hundred twenty million. Right. You know, and I've learned on the like I said the hard way on on you know my words have weight. Now. Um, but what was the exact question that I was just giving my thoughts on that? So just in I was general, fascinated like by your the, analysis that you mesmerized the 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 Republican platform yeah. and and what you've seen and heard from sure. these candidates. What are your thoughts on 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 some of just what they're saying and 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 their presence in this race in in general? Well, this is one where I probably should have caution in my words, but I'm disappointed a lot of times at the national level on yeah. our Republican platform. I know I'm a Republican. Yeah. I'm a conservative. Fiscal responsibility, limited government from the federal government and side. And that's something that multiple candidates hit yeah. on is the fiscal conservatives. Uh, Nikki Haley was one of the ones to come out and say the Republicans yes. are just as at fault. Our debt is bipartisan. <laughs> we yeah. both got here. And what's the most frustrating part is in tw from 2016, 2018, we had a Republican president, a Republican House and a Republican Senate. We didn't balance the budget. We didn't centralize government as much as we did. President Trump did administratively. He, mm -hmm. he busted up some bureaucracy from an administration standpoint. But that's yeah. that's as good as the administration as, as long as the administration's in office. You need Congress who who's through enabling legislation, not to get too nerdy, but enabling legislation that creates these agencies. You need Congress to have that weight to, to decentralize from a legislative standpoint so it can last past an administration. Right. Because that pendulum swings with the, with the person who occupies the office when you talk about the executive branch. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see more consistency on the national level from the Republican platform. But but there's a lot to be said about how our founders set up our government. Yeah. You know, the federal government is a is designed. Just read it. Is the Constitution is to be a government of limited powers. States have what's called police powers, meaning they can do anything they want as long as it doesn't violate the federal Constitution. Federal government's the opposite. You can only act if the yeah. federal if the federal Constitution says you can. So I'm just a little my, – my answer to that is my frustration in, in, in Globo on the national level from the yeah. GOP. So I think Which that, is what a conservative probably would say anyway about right. anything national. Um, the other – speaking of, of the Constitution, the other thing that uh, Vivek is getting hit with right now is a clip where, uh, you know, he said the uh, – we get our freedoms from the Constitution. I mean, without the Constitution, we never would have won – the the American Revolution. A lot of people are grimacing about that because I'm sorry, Vivek, yeah. the American Revolution came first by yeah. several years. But just in general, there is uh, I, I think there's this real hunger, which is why Vivek is is doing so well in some of the national polling. There's a hunger for something different than the status quo. I mean, that's what gave us Donald Trump. And that's what a lot of these candidates are hitting on. But there's also something. And I think that you have also hit on this a bit just in terms of your own administration is people talk about things being bleak, th uh, p things being terrible. Even Ron DeSantis last night said America is in decline, but he, but he, along with several of those other candidates, are offering hope. They're like, there's a way out of this right now. It's not always so bad. Just what are your thoughts on maintaining a level of hope, especially yeah. in the political climate we're in, local, state, and national? Without it, we're dead. And, you know, President Obama won on that hope and change, but he inspired. Now, look, his policies to get us there, I disagree with. But you got to I appreciate that about him is that he did try to instill hope yeah. in, in, in the in the electorate at minimum. Hopefully the good intentions were for the country. Ronald Reagan instilled mm -hmm. hope You know, every 40 or 50 years. You get a you get a leader that uh, historically that will that will do that and bring us back in. Right. I, I think when we start believing the American spirit is dead, then our, you might as well just disband our country. I'm not I don't believe that. I believe our brightest days are ahead. I know we hear that all the time, but I genuinely believe that. 
Uh, you know, I'm blessed. I, I, I get around the parish all the time. I go around our region. I go around our state. I've been to Washington. I've survived Washington, should I say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I come back, thank God I'm home. Um, but that being said, but I also teach a class at UL. And, you know, the, the future, I look at the younger generation. I, 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 I tried to lump myself in there the other day. My students wouldn't let me because I'm 40. But, uh, but I, do, I do tell them all. I'm reminded that that pragmatic view, that can-do attitude, that you know, no matter what the con- no what, matter what the obstacles ahead of us, we as Americans can come together and, and overachieve very, very difficult things. It's still present. It wasn't that long ago 9/11 happened. Yeah, and we came together. There will be some other thing that we have to face, and we and we will come together. But I I don't like when politicians on both sides go get or pessimists. All right, we'll be back in just a sec here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Uh, want to thank those of you who are commenting on the app, including Andy, who is appreciative that we had uh, Mayor President Josh Guillory on to talk about the debate. Hey. Again, like having uh, Josh on to not talk about local stuff. Because uh, I know he needs a break. He just said he works 60, 80 hour weeks. <laughs> I'm sure he would, no offense to the rest of Lafayette, no. I'm sure he wants a little break every now and then to talk about some other stuff. We, we love it. But I, look, I love this segment. I'm glad we do it. You know, and, and I, we were talking off, off air. Yeah, we get to talk about things I don't normally get to talk about. So thank you. And thank you, Andy. I appreciate the, the comment. So uh, Billy and Church Point, I don't know what kind of pit you have to worry about burning <laughs> stuff down. I've got a, my, my go-to right now is a Weber kettle. Okay. Uh, it's just this, the simple kettle grill. I use charcoal. I use wood chunks. I'm always worried because I'm, I'm stirring the coals around to make sure the, the coals stay hot. And so I'm always worried about sparks flying off yeah. in the middle of Karen Crow. Uh, I, it's, granted, it's a subdivision, so there's not there, there's like wood fences and some trees and stuff, but, but nothing major that can really cause a, a problem. But we've seen fires out there, home fires there, too. So I'm just really paranoid about it, Billy. That, that's, that's the problem. But uh, otherwise, I love barbecuing, smoking, grilling, all that, too. And, now I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, what I really want more than anything, maybe you can help make this happen, is I've seen other, like Texas, Texas big on barbecue. In Louisiana, we don't have very many barbecue festivals and barbecue cook-offs. Lafayette, I think with our food scene and the great barbecue places we have here, I think Lafayette could be a, a hub for barbecue competition in South Louisiana at least. We should hmm. try to get that done We should someday. get Ben Berthelot. I'm, I'm, maybe he's listening. Ben Berthelot with LCVC, you know, let's put that together. He's, he was my landlord once. Was he really? Yes. How, how was he? He was a good landlord. You got any, like, good stories for us? That, not, not really. It was, it was, a, it was a very uh, simple relationship. We'd leave him the check. He'd let us live there. It's fine. <laughs> and he picked it up and cashed it. Yeah, All exactly. That's right. yeah, a good landlord. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Let you grill? He let you grill? Yes. All right, there you go. Good job, Ben. Yeah. Now bring, you, now bring a barbecue festival to Lafayette. Yes, let's let's bring a barbecue because St. Landry Parish had one. They had one in June. Okay, in Opelousas, we can do better than St. Landry Parish, right? Let's do it. I'm competitive. <laughs> We're all competitive. Come on. If you guys, I love that I, idea. I tell you what, if y'all are on the app, send me na- what would you call a Lafayette barbecue festival? Send us possible names. We we want to get this proposal going. So send us possible barbecue uh, festival names for Lafayette. 
or what you would name your competition team because there are Ooh, some really creative barbecue hey. competition teams. I want to know what you guys uh, would do. But anyway, going back to uh, the debate last night, but in general, just kind of the political landscape right now. We talked a little bit about the hope that the candidates are bringing. We do have to talk about the fact that in three hours, former President Donald Trump is turning himself into Fulton yeah. County Jail. Regardless of anyone's feelings on Trump, and I say that knowing that my audience knows how I feel about him, regardless of your feelings, I mean, this is now the fourth indictment. This is the fourth arrest. This is the fourth you know, arraignment. The system is definitely being used to work against him. Now, just from the lawyer perspective, yeah. what do you think about the case? Well, if, if I put my lawyer's hat on, I haven't reviewed the facts. So that's that's the the responsible answer. Now, observing, outsider observing, you know, I think this bold accusations require bold evidence. So if you yeah. bring it, you need to have you need to have your ducks in a row. I mean, you got to prove beyond all reasonable doubt. My fear on that, and I think it's obvious, is that it's political in nature. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's and it's a genuine fear because that that pendulum swings both ways. Look at the uh, impeachments, the rush to impeach. Yeah. Now we're now we're hearing rumors of uh, rumblings of the Republicans are going to impeach President Biden. Look, okay, if there's again bold accusations require bold evidence, but is that going to be our thing now? I mean, honestly, like, is that going to be our new mo? If if you're the power, if you're the party in charge in Congress, and you and you oppose the uh, the president, your go-to is automatically is the extreme atomic bomb of impeachment. Right. Again, not hey, you got the evidence, go for it. But if but if you're using that vehicle, just like these particular prosecutors are using, appears to be using blatantly appears to be using it as a political vehicle, you know, political weapon. That's that's not healthy for our system as a whole. And it's time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this whole generation, you know, is, is, has a history because I'm not gonna go there. But there's there's definitely this very small pool of a generation of politi politicians over there that's in charge that that need they need to go. Mm hmm. I agree. You know, I, I kind of feel the same way about impeachment. I, I actually got in, uh, in trouble with some of the callers uh, recently by saying I'm not sure impeachment is the is the trigger you want to pull right now. From a political standpoint, do what the Democrats did and just flood the zone with all of the Hunter Biden stuff, all of the Joe Biden stuff. You've got flood the zone, make him toxic, make him nuclear by the time the election rolls around. That's what worked against Donald Trump in 2020. Yep. And I think it's I think it's time the Republicans turn about fair play there. But impeachment, you get one shot at these guys in charge are just so extreme and they they're reckless with their decisions. And, I, and I'm serious right. when I say that. Th think back to when Ju we were just talking about Justice Scalia. But when Justice Scalia passed away, OK, mm -hmm. President Obama nominated uh, Gorsuch or not Gorsuch. Uh, Merrick Garland. Uh, Garland. Yeah. Nominated Garland. The Republicans were in charge. Mitch McConnell chose not to even have a hearing on it. Look, man, the president did his duty and nominated someone. I disagree with it. It wouldn't have been my nominee. I'm, I'm right. polar opposite of, of our philosophies. However, the president did his duty. The Senate should have voted. Vote him down. Mm -hmm. Keep voting him down. But what do we have now? Now we have we're going to lock our arms and we're not going to work. We're not going to do our job. Mm -hmm. We can't even pass a budget in Congress because of the lock. It just yeah. everybody's locked in. They're either locked into their political views, locked into their gridlock of, of, the, of, the, of the process that they've created. You yeah. know, like, just do what the Constitution requires you to do. Do your job, Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's my thought that my, my initial thought on that is Congress not doing anything is a feature, not a bug of the system. I like and And the, the less Congress does, the less I get affected by it. 
Right. Um, uh, one of my friends says, I'm an evangelical. I believe that mankind is sinners. That's why I'm a conservative. I want as few sinners in charge of me as possible. That's why I want small government. And I can't really disagree with that, uh, with that logic. But the Republicans, I think you're right. There is, there is this push among conservatives to really go to those same lengths that the Democrats are going. There is a tit-for-tat mentality. I can't blame them for that tit-for-tat mentality because when you take abuse after abuse after abuse— I can, and I do. Be the bigger person. You'll win more elections that way. I strongly believe that. I Mm -hmm. just genuinely believe that. And maybe I'm a little biased because I get— I get attacked all the time that yeah. are based on fa- like just no facts in- involved, but I know it sells ads, and we won't go there, but that's okay. So I believe taking the high road's the right right way to go. I believe that too. You I know? can't blame in the, people. in the long run. Yeah, I, like I said, I can't blame people for feeling the way they do. Sure. I'm I'm the same way. Take the high road, flood the zone. Like I said, flood Absolutely. the zone. That's completely the, fair. Yeah, exactly. Flood the zone, but we don't have to take that. We we have other ways to win, and that I think is is where the Republicans really need to to focus on shoring up the vote the the we're not going to win the republicans are not going to win conservatives definitely won't win if they aren't attracting the people who are tired of the extremes i mean the whole reason that there's a huge demographic shift from democrat to republican is that the democrats extremes are absolutely pushing them off let's absolutely. look at the education stuff let's look at the social stuff all of that is pushing these demographic groups that normally wouldn't give Republicans the time of day. It's pushing them to the right. If you go just as extreme on the opposite side, what's to stop them from moving back? It, it won't. The pendulum will still go. You still have you still have that 20 or 30 percent of the electorate that that will sway back and forth. And, and that's been around for a while. We just haven't had these extreme measures in, in a long time. We have in the past, you know, the New Deal. I mean, the president... President Franklin Roosevelt was, was threatening to, to pack the Supreme Court, make it 15. It's always the Democrats. I don't yeah. remember a Republican who's threatened no. to pack the court like that, no. but definitely it, it goes back to FDR. But you do make a good point on the switch, switching back to, uh, you know, when Congress is, you know, if Congress would just not go in session, I think our lives would be better. It would be a lot better. Yeah, like the Texas legislature, I think they only meet, what, every two years, Yes. Right? Okay, their roads are better. Is there a, co- is, is there a coincidence? I, 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 whenever the I mean, session is going in Baton Rouge, I try to avoid Baton Rouge as yeah. much as possible. I know that in your position you can't, but yeah. but I, I, whenever I, if I go to Baton Rouge, I keep a hand on my wallet at all times. And that's the thing about conservatism. Look, I believe in local government. I really do. And, and, and to me, you asked me about the, the platform, the party yeah. platform. I'm a Republican because I'm a conservative, and I believe that, you know, look, if those guys in San Francisco want to have their policies the way that they have it in the far left, by all means, go do it, because that mayor and that council has to go to the same grocery stores as those yeah. folks. If you want to answer to all that, that's your prerogative, okay? But when you go and you start to go into the to the capitals of the states, to the federal ca- uh, capital in Washington, you get more and more disconnected. I mean, you can f- make it relevant to Louisiana. The old Huey P. Long model in our roads, you know, mm-hmm. bring it back to infrastructure. Okay, maybe back in the day when we had basically New Orleans and Baton Rouge as your major cities, maybe that made sense to co-pave roads. I, I fast forward to 2023, the way DOTD in our state is set up, it's so centralized. It's that same hundred-year-old model that just doesn't work. But if you have a conservative philosophy where you empower local governments, whether it's roads or social programs, you're going to get a more accountable product. Yeah. I mean, it may be left or right, but but it will represent more. Rep- it will replicate the values of your community that you represent more accurately. So, how's that? Speaking of representation, I want to ask you this: shift to the governor's race. All right. 
there are some folks, and I think it's a fair discussion, there are some folks saying that one of the reasons Jeff Landry is such a good idea is because he's from here. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, they think that the Acadiana area might actually get representation in Baton Rouge, something that a lot of residents feel they haven't gotten from the local delegation, from the governor's mansion in a very long time. Do you think there's some merit to that? I think there's a lot of merit to that. I think that that's more of a, um, well, it's more than a feeling, you know, yeah. but it's a fact. We haven't had we haven't had someone at minimum that is familiar with yeah. the with the Acadiana uh, um, um, values and, and needs. Uh, you take I-49 Connector, for example. Yeah. We've been fighting, and there's been progress. I mean, the, the interchange at Highway 9 and Ambassador is part of the right. connector, and it's going right. on. So there is progress, uh, but I think that progress would be expedited tremendously with someone that knows uh, this area, that lives here, that travels these same roads and, yeah. and understands the infrastructure needs. But I, I will say that there's probably a lot more merit to uh, um, A.G. Landry than just the fact that he lives here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Well, clearly a good portion of the state believes that because he's ahead in all the pollings above uh, the only Democrat in the race uh, and his other Republican opponents. I mean, there, there's clearly a feeling among a lot of Republican voters that Jeff Landry is the guy to go with. The, the party's already endorsed yeah. him. He's got huge statewide name recognition. But I'll throw something out there. I know maybe we're going to a break or whatnot. How do you feel about closed primaries? Because I think that would – I support closed primaries. I do too. And the fact that there is at least one person in the race who has openly said they don't want closed primaries, I think that's a, that's a problem that really shows that a lot of people want to take advantage of the system and use that division to cause a little more chaos in the process than, than we really need to have. I, I agree. Now, look, my only plea to those guys, I keep telling them, please make it at the local level, too. And I'll comp- we can all compromise. If you have a jurisdiction of 100,000 or, or more, yeah. 100,000 residents or more, I think, closed primaries, it's hard to communicate ideas in 30 to 60-second sound bites. Having those closed primaries at least gives some kind of indication yeah. to the electorate, like, okay, for the most part, generally speaking, these values align with this group or that group, and you can, you can make, your, I think, a more informed decision. All right, let's go ahead and take our final break of the day. Mayor President Josh Guillory in with us. We will wrap up the show here, the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to the Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app wherever you're listening to this from and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. All right. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show. Josh Guillory in the studio with us today, having great discussions on and off the air. A lot of y'all weighing in on the app. Uh, Pop uh, reaches out. He's talking to you, Josh. Yes. Taking the high road at the presidential level isn't what wins elections. The only way to win is to stop the cheating, period. If they don't stop the cheat, they can run a dementia patient who doesn't leave, leave his basement and win. <laughs> Rigging elections is the only chance the Dems have, and the Republicans have their head in the sand, and it will happen again. That kind of goes back to our comments about do you pull the trigger on on impeachment or, I mean, how do you go about that? And, yeah, well, Pop. Hey, look, Pop. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, okay, so you you packed a lot of things in that in that statement. Let's first start off with this. I'm talking to everyone as a man who voted for Donald Trump three times, and he was still around in 2016 in the primary. I voted for him in the primary. Voted for him in the general. Voted for him in the general again in 2020. And if he was on the ballot today, I'd vote for him again. Okay, yeah. so I just want to lay that one out there. 
I think what we were talking about taking the high road was in a different context, meaning do you go to the impeachment route? You know, again, bold accusations require bold evidence. If you got the evidence, look, some of the stuff that, that we're talking about on the national level about President Biden and Hunter Biden and all that, that is scary at minimum, okay? Mm-hmm. And if, But if there's evidence, then, then the House should look into it and should invest it. And if they can prove it, by all means, impeach. impeach. Now, Again, going to that as your as as the go to button is a very slippery slope, and it, it's fine and dandy when we feel like we have it on our side. But the, but that pendulum will swing. There will be Democrats in the House, you know, majority at that, some point. Do we want to set that as a precedent? I like Joe's idea better, where you use you use less extreme measures first. But again, all of what I'm saying in my and this is my opinion. All of what I'm saying goes out the window if there's proof of what the accusations are, just like with, with President Trump. You know, the Democrats impeaching him after he was out of office. Yeah. Was that really necessary? No, you were using the impeachment process as a political weapon, a political atomic bomb, and it was needless. Yeah. And it was not healthy for our country. So when I say things like take the high road, I'm, I'm preaching to them, too, you know. So. One other issue that comes up, and this is probably the trickiest issue, and you and I talked about it during the break, so just giving you the fair warning now. The the pro-life issue. One of the one of the interesting debates last night at the debate was Nikki Haley and, and Mike Pence. Mike Pence calling for a 15-week national ban. Tim Scott did as well, but there was a there was a, a back and forth between Mike Pence and Nikki Haley, both of whom are pro-life, but Nikki Haley saying you're not going to get that at the federal level. You're not going to have 60 pro-life senators. You need to be honest with the American people. And she's advocating more for the fight at the state level versus the fight at the federal level. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with her. Uh, from a legal standpoint, I agree with her. I, I agree with the – well, Justice Scalia, he is popular today on our show. Yes. Uh, Justice Scalia, who is a staunch conservative, was a staunch conservative. And I remember watching an interview of him one time, him saying, look, I, I'm obviously socially I'm conservative, but from a legal standpoint, I know the pro-life folks are real happy with me, but you might be upset with me because I believe it's a state issue. So if a mm-hmm. state wants to say abortion is legal in the whatever trimester you want to say it, but I tend to agree with that. I believe in consistency. I believe good leaders are consistent in their philosophies. Flexible, by all means, be flexible, because if you get new facts presented to you, you need to be objective, okay? But I'm a consistent conservative. I do not like a strong federal government. Our Constitution is not designed there. There's nothing in the Constitution that discusses abortion. Matter of fact, if it's not discussed in the in the Constitution, then it's it a state the issue. Yeah. That that is a constant conservative Which principle. Which is what they decided in in the decision last year. Uh, the uh, that's exactly the right. Women's Health one is they remanded it back to the states. That's exactly right. And I, I don't even know how you tie it to it. The only way you can through the Commerce Clause, Article One, Section A of the Constitution. But I don't know how much interstate commerce is involved in that decision. Yeah, and so it, it's very. It, it, and don't create a slippery slope because then, right. okay, when we start talking about gun control, when the Democrats get in, do you want the gun, do you want them to have federal? They've tried it. Yeah, <laughs> you know they've tried it, and then it's gone through the courts. Look, and again, I'm talking to you as a Roman Catholic pro-life <laughs> advocate that believes that life begins at, at conception and should be protected from conception, and I'll do everything in my power to do that. But I have to be consistent in my philosophies, and and I believe that's fair to the folks that put me in my office. Mm-hmm. And just in general, and I think it's just easier to be consistent. Josh, thank you very much for joining me today. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. God bless. Uh, uh, good luck to all our high school football players out in the Jamboree. Oh, that's right. It is it is Jamboree weekend. Yeah. Yes. All right. You guys have a great one. Be careful in this heat if you're playing football. 
I'm going to be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of the show will be up in a little while. You can find that at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. We will talk more about the debate and the other news of the week. We will talk about Donald Trump's mugshot when it comes out. All that and more on my show tomorrow. Shannon is offsides, and he is in next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.